podcast land. Park to Turn One is back. We know you missed us. We're sorry we were gone for so long, but it's the holidays and family takes precedence. Bo, how are you doing, man? Doing all right, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good. Look, it's we been saw right. It has. It's been a couple of weeks, and, and you know we had Thanksgiving um, a couple of weeks ago, and then last week it was my wife's birthday, uh, and so we were we were busy. So we kind of we got to do a better job planning that in advance. So maybe yeah, we should we do it on plan holidays, right? I mean. Well, right. I mean, I think, but I think for you and I, it's the podcast thing is new. So we, we need to do better about when we're going to talk about it. If we can't do it our normal times, because we have people out there ready to hear us. Right. So let's do that. But the racing that we saw the last round in world Superbike, we saw top rack to no one's surprise. He, he wins the world championship and and as I watched him, you know, come across the line and secure the world championship, you know, I thought this was the result that should have happened. He was the best rider on the grid all year. He had a mechanical, he had a fender trip him up, and he had a Gerloff trip him up. Other than that, he was he was awesome on the bike all year. And uh, he should have been world champion. And I felt like justice was served. And, you know, all credit to Johnny Ray for for doing everything he could do to try and keep that championship. But more importantly, what I saw from Johnny Ray after Top Rack 1 was a lot of class, a lot of sportsmanship, and it just makes me a bigger fan of Johnny Ray. But I'm also a huge fan of the man of the moment, Top Rack Razgatlioglu, because that guy is a special rider. There is no doubt. Yeah, I can't I can't argue too much with any of that. The only thing I would say is that this weekend to me showed Jonathan Ray really sharpen his teeth and I think Jonathan Ray kind of sent a message uh this weekend to Top Rack to say, you know, next next year I'm coming. Uh Yeah, you know, absolutely. And like you said, he uh he he won the he lost this championship probably as gracious as anyone could. And um you know, he immediately took the number 1 plate off and put his old number back on. Uh, after race two, um, but uh, uh, to me, uh, Jonathan Ray came out and and still said, you know, I'm going to fight for this win, um, and both of these wins, and I'm not going to give you an inch. And that's exactly what he did. And he really pushed Top Rack to a limit, I think, and kind of let Top Rack know, you know, next year's going to be tough, and and, and I'm coming for you. We're getting this bike figured out. Um, I think they they made some strides very recently on the front end of that bike um, to give Jonathan Ray a little bit better a feel because I think you could just mm-hmm. see it in some of that in some of that racing he's still not quite as strong as top rack on the brakes is but no one is if you're yeah if you're getting to that point you're really doing something um right yeah, you're going to be a world superbike champion if you if you are yeah. are to that point well i mean to I, you know i think we saw a couple things this year we saw a guy that uh could show Jonathan Ray a wheel all the time which is in previous years, really, Johnny has been managing the championship versus trying to win and not lose a championship and having to race hard. Um, and Toprak was, he was just a, a different animal. I, I think, you know, for me, uh, this past weekend, Toprak, you know, they talk about he wants to win races. That's all he wants to do. But I think he really did just kind of say, you know what? I won the world championship. I'm cool. Um, Let's not do anything silly and get hurt going into the off season. And, you know, in race two, especially, I think, 
Um, he really, he kind of just stayed in his lane. He didn't really try to push it like we've seen him do all year. Um, but I really think that I, he just, he really came into his own this year as a writer. I think everyone in that paddock kind of knew that this guy was really talented. And then you combined him with the great package that is the Yamaha, um, R1. And, and, and he, he, he really shined. I mean, he, he was bright. He burned bright this year. And the only thing that... I think about when I review this year in my mind is the lack of mistakes that Top Rack made. And I, I, I've always held the feeling that you're going to make a certain amount of mistakes. They either happen spread out or they all happen at once. You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, for Top Rack, I hope he can keep that going because if, if he makes the mistakes that Ray made this year, I think Ray beats him next year. But at the same time, I don't want to take anything away from Top Rack, and then I, I think, I think he did an amazing job for that team, and and I expect him to be right at the front of any championship that he's in because you know I, I just think he's a special talent. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think everybody does. I don't think anybody could argue that he's a special talent. Um, but I, one of the the most curious things I saw this weekend um, for me was, I don't want to say curious, curious is the wrong word. One of the things I shook my head at was Scott Redding. And I, I watched the races. Scott was strong in both races. I look at the standings. You know, there's only three guys that even have 300 points in the championship. Scott's one of them. And... Ducati, I, the only thing I could think about watching those races was why is Ducati going back to Bautista? Ducati wants a rider that they can stick on the bike. It's going to be fast. Bautista has shown that. However, you know, when Ducati makes a change, they want that rider who's just going to deal with that change and then make it work. Um, you know, and you talk a lot about mistakes that Top Rack really didn't make this year, and, and that's why he won the championship. We saw a very strong run. Uh, from Bautista on the Ducati at the beginning of that year, you know, when he was uh, with Ducati on the B4. So they know that his potential's there on the bike um, that they had built. So they've got to bring him back to that point and see what he's going to do, you know, next year going into the the beginning of next year's championship and hope that once again, they're going to have another rider with 300 points in the championship. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really anxious to see Scott Redding on a BMW to see if he can do the special things that, you know, Vandermark has started to, to emerge with and that Sykes still had, you know, some potential with. But um, it, it does blow my mind for a team that wants to win a championship that you've got a championship contender. Why would you spend more time working with that rider instead of, yeah. you, you know, tossing him to the, to the curb? Yeah. I, I just think... Um... He's he's probably not personality wise what Ducati wants, um, and you know, look, I, I I like to look at a guy like uh, in Moto America, Josh Heron, who can't keep a job more than a year. It just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to send you a text today about him actually. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, and so we'll we'll talk about all the stuff that's happening outside of this. You know, when we get done, but you know, I, I think another thing to take away was. Uh, you know, we saw a great race from uh, another fourth from Locatelli, another top five for Bassani. I, I honestly, I honestly 
really am interested to see next year with the World Superbike because there were so many decisions that you and I panned. We're like, this will never work out. This is a dumb move. This is whatever it is. And I, I think really what we'll have to do is see if we know more or they know more. <laughs> um, and I think the answer is easy. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I, I think it did give us a lot to talk about and ponder because there were some really head-scratching decisions made. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, one of the other things we should mention about this was the last weekend for Chaz Davies in motorcycle racing. He's, he is retiring, we, you know, and, um, and that, that was kind of sad to see, you know, him coming in on his last weekend, but at the same time, you know, Chaz has had a great career and if he wants to call it a career, then he should, you know, he, he can, he doesn't want to be beat up and, you know, uh, laid up in a not be able to walk or enjoy time with his family. I get that. You know, his body is kind of taking a beating the last couple of years. So he's, he's ready to move on. And it was, it was sad to see, but as for right. race one, you know, we saw Gerloff finishing, what was it? 11th. Um, and the other thing about this weekend was the difference in conditions for the race. I am always amazed at the rain in Asia. It is so heavy. Um, you know, in, we see it in Malaysia with MotoGP at Sepang. Uh, and here in same in Indonesia, I mean, when it was raining, it was like, it was like looking through a swimming pool out there. It was crazy. So, um, you know, with that, I, I think we could just talk real quick about race two. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Gerloff finished in 11th, uh, managed yep. a sixth place in, uh, in race two, so that was an improvement to him. To over, yep. uh, for what overall to me was a little bit disappointing of a weekend, um, but he did finish, uh, you know, in front of uh, Bassani because Bassani did crash, I think. Um, yep. But uh, and I think Gerloff did wrap up that independent riders championship. He with did. That, so. He did win the independent riders championship. So congratulations, Gerloff. Uh, yeah. You know, Garrett did a great job this year. For, uh, he he had it was some a tough year. It, it was, was a tough a, year. It was, but he battled very, through it. It was an important yep. year for Garrett Gerloff, too, I think. You know, yep. given all that he had learned, everything that he went through this season, from showing really, really hot pace on the bike to then showing a mental uh, lapse in some of the decision-making yep. on the bike, yeah, um, and then having to bring himself back and dig himself out of that hole, I think this was a, a really, really, really important season for Garrett Gerloff and World Superbike. And I think you know, that he's going to take this off season to really to come back stronger. And I, I'm excited to see what where Garrett Gerloff is when he returns next year. I'm I'm going to reserve my excitement because I don't think. Bidsby said publicly he thinks Garrett Gerloff can win a World Superbike Championship. I am not convinced. Um, I'm rooting for Garrett, obviously, because he's an American. But I'm not convinced. So we'll see. Um, and especially if a, if a guy named Toprak and a guy named Ray are still there, I, I think right, that's a right. tall order, you know. Um, but having said that, moving to race two, which was in the rain, um, they actually delayed the start of the race because of the rain. Um, and Johnny Ray came and won it again. I, I, <laughs> he, he really looked strong in the wet. You know, Redding is always strong in the wet, so they're both from Britain. So this riding in the rain is nothing to them. Mm -hmm. they, they do it all the time. And I think that's a place where Top Rack is. If he's weak anywhere, that might be it. Um, but 
you know, he doesn't really have a weakness per se, but if he's vulnerable or more vulnerable somewhere, it's in the wet. But I, I swear on the breaks, he's still unbelievable, even in the wet. It's, yeah, it's when he incredible. went wide, I think breaking into that that big decreasing radius. When he went wide, I I could almost swear his front tire was sliding sideways across the yeah. uh, across the paint. <laughs> it just it looked nuts. And I, I I I mean I told Ange it, it, I I came off the edge of my seat um, whenever I saw that. I thought yep. it was over. He went shooting out there. I yeah. was like whoa. And, and so you know all credit to him for gathering that up. You know, and Vandermark is a, is a phenomenal. Uh, Wet weather rider. So, you know, you had Ray, Ray winnings race two, Redding finishing second, Vandermark finishing third, which was a great finish for BMW there to end the season. Um, as we mentioned, Gerloff, Ger- Garrett Gerloff, Gerloff, Garrett Gerloff finishing in sixth to uh, secure that championship um, for the independent rider. Tom Sykes was in fifth, and Toprak was there in fourth, even though he had that big moment. So, all in all, I, I, the season was just phenomenal. This race was good. Um, again, Ray put a tough pass on Redding, and Redding had to talk about it. Um, but the season overall was phenomenal. One of the very best championships I've watched in a long time. Where are you? No, I agree. Um, you know, obviously, I. it was good. It was a good championship. That's all you can really say about it. You know, it, it was nice to see another rider come and fight with, uh, with Jonathan Ray. You know, we thought Absolutely. that Bautista was going to be able to do that on the Ducati. Um, unfortunately, you know, a few races into the season, that's when the mistakes started piling up and then Jonathan Ray just capitalized on it. And then this year, um, you kind of see the opposite, you know, you see Ray with a few mistakes here and there. Uh, but then you see top rack really just, keep hammering away, keep his head down, keep going for race wins and keep doing what he wants to do um, and what his goals are and keeping his goals. And he comes away with the championship. So, so yeah, it, w- it was, a, it was really exciting. And then you always have Redding. Redding's always kind of the wild card in every race where you, you know that Scott Redding has the ability to win, but it's what is Scott Redding going to do in terms of this championship? It, you know, is he going to throw a wrench in it somewhere? Is he going to affect a Jonathan Ray championship or, or vice versa? Is he going to not on the BMW championship? You know, I, I think that he um, this year he definitely you know he was that wild card, and it, it he he helped to make things interesting. Yeah, he he was a. Uh what the um kind of the wild card the joker and all of it you know yeah. winning some races there finishing really strongly most every weekend I, I i think you know redding's a phenomenal rider he's phenomenal talent I, I don't know why it didn't work out a little better for him oh yeah i do he rode for a priya um but i don't know why it didn't work out a little better for him overall when he was on some of the other ducatis and i you know he he uh hopefully BMW makes a huge step forward. I said not on the BMW because of what we saw this year, but it's the off season. You never know what package is going to come out, you know, until we see it. Well, the important uh, thing is BMW definitely made strides. I think this year we th- saw you they know, did constant progression, did. It, getting better and better in races, and even you know Vandermark put it on the podium again, and then Sykes even in the top five. Uh, you know, and, yep. and we know that two Sykes in the top is, five is quality finishing. I think for any manufacturer, and right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and you know I mentioned Chaz Davies saying goodbye to the World Superbike paddock, but so is Tom Sykes. Um, right. He's headed to British Superbike, I believe. Is that correct? Um, I think so. I'd have to double check, but I think, I think yeah, you're but, correct. So, you know, with that, I, I think, um, uh, again, my thoughts on the year were Axel Bassani is a stud yes. as a rookie. Uh, 
Garrett Gerloff has has got to do some improving. Locatelli was a stud as a rookie. Uh, Johnny Ray got pipped, but he fought. He he didn't just throw it all away. He he didn't by any other measure. He had a great year. Uh, Toprak is a new and rising star, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for him and Racing Ray um, for the next couple of years because Ray's older than Toprak. So once Ray starts to age out a little bit, I'm curious to see if anybody else will challenge him or if he's even in this championship long enough for that to matter. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, but, you know, so, we'll so see. So question about that comment. You know, that, that's, a good, that's a really good point because Jonathan Ray – um, you know, on the uh, on the Kawasaki, and then also his teammate Alex Lowe's um, on the Kawasaki as well. Both those guys are pretty old for you know for world level racing. Um, so does Kawasaki really start to look and see who they're going to bring in and bring into those seats soon? Um, are they looking? That's an interesting question. I, I think as long as Ray is one or two in the championship, that's hard to replace. But Alex Lowe's maybe. Right, right, right. Um, so that, so that's what I think. I think Alex Lowe's is definitely in the hot seat to to keep that, and to, you know the pressure's on him right. to say, okay, do you want to stay here? Then we need to see the result, and then also if we're going to move Alex Lowe's out, then who are we going to replace? Because um, that's a great question. You know, honestly, there's no one in my mind. If you took from this year, there's no one ready to step into that seat. Um, there I was say nobody take on. Garrett Gerloff. What's that? I put Garrett Gerloff in there. Let him work side by side with Johnny Ray for a year. I think that'd be beneficial to Garrett Gerloff. I think that'd be an interesting, uh, a really interesting year to watch, uh, personally. And you know, obviously, being a Kawasaki rider now, I mean, I, I would, I would love to see it. it would give me two, oh, yeah, know, two reasons to cheer, right? Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. So here's my reasoning for that. Um, when you're taking a guy and you're putting him in a factory seat, it would be at the first or second factory seat, either one. You're looking for a guy that's ready to make a step forward with better machinery and better support, right? And I think that's where Garrett is. I, I know that he's fast on that, that uh, G, was it the GRT, GMT? Yeah, GMT. Um, Ducati. Uh, but the, I'm, I'm sorry, the D Yamaha. But the, the thing is, it is not the factory bike. It's not. And there's small differences. And, you know, Locatelli really did not lose out to Gerloff. You know, Gerloff set the fast laps, but Gerloff, but Locatelli finished races. And I think, I think you put Gerloff on factory machinery. We see even a little bit, another step up in performance. That's the way I feel about it. Now, whether that actually happened, you never know. Maybe the bike doesn't suit him, et cetera, et cetera, but they're both in line fours. So I don't see much difference there. So that's I'm, my curious about, I'm curious about the relationship with Garrett Gerloff and Yamaha because um, clearly there's a you know there's a, an existing relationship there. He won uh, in the World Super or not excuse me not World Super Sport but the uh, the Moto America, Moto America. I think, championship on the R6. You know he rode for yep. the uh, he rode on the the Monster uh, Energy Monster Energy Graves team. Yep. I think was when they were yep. still uh, affiliated in World in Moto America with Yamaha, and then he moved. Yep. You know, straight over to the R1 in uh, World Superbike. So I'm sure that Yamaha has given him that avenue um, to to kind of step into. So I'm 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 wondering what that would look like if he were to you know pursue a relationship with Kawasaki, or if Kawasaki would be be even be interested in well pursuing. At this him. point, it's a, it's a it's down to seats, right? I mean, they gave him the shot on the MotoGP bike. He rode the Patronus, right? Um, 
and he's gotten it. But who are you going to replace at Factory Yamaha? You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to give away Locatelli's seat, and you are for sure not giving away Toprak's seat unless Toprak leaves. Now, right, see, and there's only one yeah. direction that Toprak's going to go. That's right. That's right. Toprak's not going to go race in the, the Turkey Championship. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to go to MotoGP, or he's going to stay in World Superbike. Right, there's absolutely. no other option. And so, I, I don't think I don't see Toprak leaving World nah. Superbike unless he has commitment from Yamaha and his team about having a factory spec machine. Right. And, but well, and I don't even know that it was factory spec. I think he wants to be in the factory team. So if you're Morbidelli right now, you're trying everything to get healthy. Right. 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 Like you are because you're a great rider. You've won some races, but if you're not healthy and you can't produce, it's just too bad. Yeah. This just, yeah, uh, not to get off topic, not the sidebar, right? Um, but <laughs> um, Morbidelli, unfortunately, this year was just not not his year. It, it was between no, issues it with was, the bike, it was bad the injuries, from the start. It was just yeah, bad, yeah. And, you know. And and it's such a stark difference from the prior year when he finished second in the championship, you know, with a few right. wins. Um, right. And to me, that was just Franco Morbidelli's statement to say listen i'm here i'm not you know i'm not going anywhere give me a good bike uh, as soon as you can yep. and yeah and then now you know it's th- this year it just was a tough fell year you, you said it best there's, it, there's nothing else to say i mean it was a tough year but it there were mitigating factors there and and it wasn't that morbidelli wasn't working hard it wasn't that morbidelli yeah, yeah. was trying to rev bomb his engine like a Ooh. immature five-year-old. It was that Morbidelli had some legitimate physical limitations and he will get better. That is not something that's going to hinder him unless he wrecks and hurts it again. You know what I mean? Like this, right, 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 this, right. So I don't think his injuries are long-term, even though they were pretty severe. It was a pretty bad knee injury. That is not nearly as consequential, in my opinion, as the arm injury for Marquez. And we're we're all waiting on pins and needles to see what happens with Marquez when, you know, Christmas time comes around because we want to know, is he going to be back? If he doesn't start the season, to your point, this is the year he has to win the World Championship. He's not going to do it. If he misses more time, then his championship run to me is over. I think the, the end is there because while he is still uber-talented, He's one crash away from not being able to use his entire right side, really, and that's and that's the reality. And he needs to be thinking about that because he's got a lot of life left, right? Like he really does. Yeah. So I mean, you and I've we'll talked see. before. You know where I stand on it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you and I have experienced motorcycle crashes, and they're violent and they <laughs> hurt. Um, and you know he does it at an alarming rate, and you just your body just can't take it. So. But that's for another conversation in a few minutes. Let's go ahead and talk real quick about Supersport. The championship had been decided, so we had the last two races of the year, and we saw some a couple interesting things. Uh, we saw DeRosa win his first race ever, with Agater finishing second and Caracasulo finishing third in, in race one. My biggest takeaways from this are, can somebody please tell me why Caracasulo goes fast some days and some days he does not? Like, how in the world did switching teams two, three times make him faster? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, we saw, uh, man, we saw Gonzalez finishing fifth in race one in what is his last weekend in World Super Sport. 
Um, he made a couple of uncharacteristic mistakes, I thought, in terms of the race, like making moves that he just, there was just no way, right? Like, you know, um, I think he got a little bit, uh, I don't know what the word is, maybe a little bit uh, anxious, a little trying to make stuff happen, and I, I, he didn't have the pace. Yeah, maybe overambitious, that's a better word. There you go. He just, he, he didn't have the pace of some of the other guys, and he was trying to make up for it. So, yeah, it's all right. Um, but, you know, it was as you were the rest of the way down the field. You know, Odendahl finishing six. So, But like I said, nothing mattered. The championship was over. These guys were just going for it. So DeRosa wins his first one, and that's great. In race two, um, Cluzel came from way back to win it. I think 13th. Um, Nicky Tooley finishing in second, which is a great finish for him. And Dominic Agger again on the podium. We know Dami Agutter is going to be back in World Supersport. I'm curious to see if he runs Moto E. Um, but all in all, it was a great year for Agutter. Cluzel did come on at the end of the year, but he's just got to stop getting hurt and crashing. He really does. I, I, when he's healthy, he's one of the fastest guys out there, but he's barely ever healthy. And yeah. it's 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 hard to figure out. Nikki Tooley... Um, I think you got to get off the MV because I don't think the MV is a great bike. And let's see what you can do on the uh, on the new spec. It, it bikes, does seem you know? like it's temperamental at what tracks it wants to be fast at, doesn't it? It does. I, I it also it, seems temperamental when it wants to run. Well, the, yeah, that too. But the you know, there was a, a race <laughs> early in the season. I think he had he had head and shoulders pace above anyone else. Aragon. Um, yep. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's when uh, was it was that when Cluzel crashed into him, or was it vice versa? Was it he that? Crashed no, it was vice him? versa. Okay. Yeah, no, he he did the crashing, but yeah, and so you know, I so it, look, MV may have made some strides. I don't know, but with the new spec, I don't know what this is going to look like. The championship to me is wide open. I know Ollie Bayless will be running a Panigale V2 in Supersport next year, um, so. We'll see. You know, the great Troy Bayless will be back in the paddock, I'm sure, handing out advice like candy to his son. Um, and it's on a Ducati. So who better to have as a rider coach yeah. than your father, except that you never listen to your dad. You're like, shut the up. I'm tired of listening to you. I've been listening to you for 24 years. I'm going to talk to this guy. And he may say the same thing, but it's just a different voice. So, um, but it'll be an interesting year for sure. And I, with all the changes coming, I, I think this championship looks much different. I don't believe that it'll be the R6 Cup. Um, and that I think that's a good thing, though. More manufacturers. We always talk about it. I think there'll be more manufacturers involved, and I'm happy for that. How about you? No, absolutely. And I do think, I'm not sure if, I'm sure that the FIM has kept the rule book kind of structured similar to what Moto America has done. Um, they want Very to keep it similar, open. Yeah. To you know, mid-season kind of adjustments to see where the bike. If there's a you know, if there's a bike that's overpowered, it's kind of head and shoulders running above anything else. They're going to make different adjustments in terms of uh, either weight added, I think, or then also um, RPM restrictions, things like that. So uh, this is going to take a bit to shake out, I think, at the world level. Um, obviously, they ran the pilot this year in uh, in British Supersport, so. Um, I don't think they would have rolled it out if they didn't see a lot of potential and a lot of promise there to make the racing the racing more competitive across manufacturers. Uh, right. I, I'm excited. I, I would love to see not an R6 finishing, you know, one, two, and three. Um, you know, obviously this weekend at uh, Indonesia it was not that that way, but 
right. um, by and large, you get that you get you get that trend across the rest of the year. Yeah. So yeah. to be able to see a Ducati V2, um, it, it's going to just help riders all around. It's going to boost sales. It's going to boost interest. I think in the intermediate class again, um, and, and yep. it's going Which to we boost we the passion for it, yeah. riding as well. I, I believe. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I think as much as it hurts and we talked about the amount of money it was going to cost these guys in Moto yeah. America and all those things, we have to get interest back in that small class again, right? We really do. The diehard guys like you and me, we still love it. It's some of the best racing most of the time, but there's an emphasis on MotoGP, World Superbike, you know, Moto America Superbike. That there's just It's just a natural emphasis and this and will I- hopefully bring some more interest in, like you said. So I think part of it, too, for me and, and as riders is, you know, some people that watch motorcycle racing, they might not be riders. Uh, as odd as that may sound, you know, they just might not be actual riders themselves. So the, all they're going to pay attention to are those premier classes. But to me, um, it's more fun to ride a, a 600 level class. It's more fun to me to ride an intermediate. You know, the bike is light, but it's still got enough power. Um, it's not, you know... It's not so much to where you're firing it down the straight as hard as you can to get the bike in and you get it, get it by, get the bike stopped and pointed like a leader bike is and then try to fire it right back out that stress and, um, and you're not wrestling it around quite as bit, quite as much. It's just a lot smoother of a bike to ride. It's more maneuverable. Sure. They're, they're just a lot of fun. They're not nearly as tiring, I think. So to me, they're, they're, they're all that the, when the racing gets this close as it is in this class. Um, you know, like you had said, it, it's just fun to watch. It makes it so yep. much more entertaining. Um, there are bigger grids, obviously. So, and, and if we have more manufacturers filling up these grid slots, it's only going to make for more exciting racing all the way across the board. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I want exciting racing. I think everyone does. I think that creates viewership and that's what we need. Um, Okay, so let's. We've talked about you know Indonesia Super Sport was just basically a couple of races, and what do you think? Who is your favorite for the championship next year? Egger's got to be it, right? So if we're talking about the R6 Cup again, it, it's certainly obviously got to be Egger or Cluzel. Um, since all the changes are going to be coming across with this next gen Super yeah. Sport class, it's really hard to call. Um, and I, I, I would point. reserve. Um, reserve that opinion after until after the first weekend. Um, to all see. right. Well, give me your pick. Way too early pick right now. Who do you think's got it? I think Egger, based on his experience, his yeah. his experience with Moto E, his his abilities on the R six that he's demonstrated this year. He's going to go into next season with tons of data. He's going to know what needs to happen at all these other tracks. He ran. He raced and won some of these races with comfortable margins behind him. Um, he's fantastic at managing a tire for the life of the race. I think he's got a lot of cards in the deck right now to be able to come back and defend the championship. Yeah. What about you? Okay, I, well, real quick before I tell you, I think Egeter is the favorite as well. But who's your dark horse? Give me a dark horse. So do you want me to? Do you want me to to pick with my just, head or my heart? Oh, pick with your heart, head. I don't care. Just who's your dark horse for next year's Super Sport World Championship? If I'm firing off the hip and I and I'm not thinking about the decision, a Chan on Chu. Okay. That, but if I'm you know actually what? thinking it, about it, yeah. I'm thinking Cluzel's going to be strong and he's going to get his, yeah. get his stuff together and stay healthy. It was crazy is I also was thinking Chan on Chu. That's, I really was. That's 100% true. So we'll see. I, I think you're right, though. Um, if Cluzel's on the right bike, can stay healthy, look out because he right. is fast. Yep. 
Um, and, and the GMT so, team, you know, not to take anything away from that GMT team, that's a that's an amazing team. They they have such they really a are. storied history in the world endurance level. Um, and yep. then they pulled all of those resources and went straight into World Supersport. I think they actually they ran a season in, in Superbike, and then they pulled all those resources back a, again and said, we're going to focus on Supersport. And that's where they yeah, kind of put their roots down. Right. All right, so for Superbike, what do you got? You think Top Rack's the favorite? Well, obviously. I mean, Top Rack showed a lot of, like you had said earlier, you know, no mistakes and just consistent right. wins and, and front-running displays. Uh, I think right. Top Rack definitely is a favorite. Um well, My give me your dark horse, again, not which, Johnny Ray. Don't say huh? Johnny Ray, but give me your give me your dark horse. Mm. That That's good, tough. Huh? That's tough if I'm not allowed. You know. <laughs> no, I, dark horse means you I'm weren't thinking, thinking Locatelli. You know, to be honest with you, that's a good one. I like it. You know what? I so I. I am not thinking Locatelli. I like your pick there, but of course Top Rack is the favorite. But my dark horse for next year is Redding on the BMW. See, I was gonna I thought about saying Redding, but I figured I was gonna get ridiculed. Well, Bo, it didn't matter what you said. I was gonna ridicule you. I mean, that's just <laughs> That's fair. I mean that's, that's what I had we to do pick here. the least ridiculing answer though. Have you right? have you <laughs> never you're right. Have you never listened to our podcast? I mean it's it's basically <laughs> it's basically the Jason ridicules Bo hour. I mean, that's what I do. But so let's talk about a little bit. We're getting ready for next year now. We're in the off season, we got tests coming up, and we've seen some stuff start shaking out. I mean, what sticks out to you this year in all the classes, Moto America, Moto GP uh, World Superbike, World Supersport. What sticks out to you going into the new year? What's what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a difficult statement to make in just one. You know what I mean? The pick pick something out of all of these racing series, right? Um, to me, obviously, with the Moto America and the World Superbike um, series, it's got to be this new, the next gen Supersport class. Yep. Um, you know, okay. that's kind of where my attention is going to be at. I want to see what, I want to see it. I want to see how it all works. I want to see how it develops. I want to see how it changes. I want to see what races look like with it, you know, and, and uh, I want to see the variety. So th- to me, this is just, that's the exciting part of next year to me. Um, I think the comical, um, thing that's kind of going on right now and what I'm seeing at the MotoGP level is the Honda Kata, Honda, Honda Kati. Um, the Honda Cotty, yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, the Yamaha the Honda Cotty that's kind of yeah. going on and seeing what that shakes out to be. The, with the Honda Cotty with the Aprilia wing on it. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, we mentioned Marquez earlier, but if he can't test that bike, they're going to be way behind again. Um, uh, you're right. That love child between all the other... it. I, I don't even know. I mean, it looks like those. It just shows you all the ex- other motorcycles got together and had a baby. Exactly <laughs> what you have been, what you said all along. You know, the Scooby Doo episode is chasing. They're just chasing their tails back and forth, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. I, I mean, clearly that bike is just. It's yeah. a it's a Team mashup Scooby-Doo, of man. everything that's on the grid with a Honda logo on it. Yeah, it's Team Scooby Doo, bro. I don't I don't know what's happening over there. I don't know if they've lost. And clearly, that's way. an oversimplified statement, right? But you know, oh, because sure. the Honda engineers are are super smart and they know what they're doing, and and they've been doing this for years, whatever. But the results have not been there because they have lost their star rider. And yes, he got a couple race wins this year at left-handed tracks. Um, so let's be realistic about it. But 
he has crashed way more this year than he had what last year, or even the even the year before, not last year when he was out, but but you know where I'm getting at. His last full year, yeah. how many times did he crash compared to how many times he crashed this year? I, I think the most sobering stat is that he was not there for five races and crashed more than anybody else all year. Yes. Uh, you know, can, in, in practices and everything. That's, that has to stop. And I think if that stops, that edge that he has stops, I think his competitiveness in terms of how he stacks up against the Fabios and the mirrors and the, and, 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 and the, and the, uh, well, and the Bagnias and the Millers, I think that wanes considerably if he can't push to that level or he's not willing to anymore. But my fear is that he will be willing to push to that level and people will tell him how he's a hero and it'll end really badly. And I don't want that for Mark. I don't. I I think I don't if, want, so. if this vision issue doesn't get resolved, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see him returning. But vision's that important. Point, pardon. Vision's important. It, no, vision <laughs> is the yeah. is the thing. You know, right? It is yeah. the have to have thing. If, it's, if that know, doesn't get resolved, he doesn't get back on the bike. Yeah, uh, that and because and the reason being is because at that point, if he decides that he wants to get back on the bike, and that vision issue is not completely one hundred percent resolved, or there's no issues with it comes back, and then once he starts to fatigue or anything like that. The, the problem is that he is no longer putting himself at danger. He is putting everyone else on the track at danger, at risk. Yep. And to yep. me, that's inexcusable and that's unforgivable um, from the aspect, from the viewpoint of the other riders. You know, I mean, obviously, oh, 100%. they 100%. are competitors. They all want to race Marquez. They have seen Mark, Mar- Mark Marquez be hailed as the greatest rider of all time. They have come up through the ranks and they have been chomping at the bit to get their shot at fighting with this guy. And, you know, there's only a couple riders that have really said that they've gone toe to toe with Mark, you know, and, and Fabio, he went toe to toe numerous times with Mark before the injury. Mark always came out on top for it seemed to be. And then yep. Pecco though, Pecco went toe to toe with Mark this year. Pecco had, had his number. He had the measure of the man this year. So to, to me though, if Mark Marquez doesn't get this vision as you sorted, Mark Marquez should not be back in that paddock. And, and I hate to say that because of, be. of what the he's transcendent talent. He's not that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's a transcendent talent, but he wouldn't do that. I, I can't imagine he would do that. Can you see him doing that? I can't. I cannot. If it's, if it is, if the issue, say we're talking a percentages. So if he is, if he has an, has 80% vision now, right? Or we're just, I'll just put it on a scale for, for argument's sake. I think that if he gets, if he improves from an 80% acuity to a 95%, but it's still not where it was prior to this re- most recent accident, I think he still tries to get out on track. Mm. I think he does. Wow. I wow. think if he, if he was where he's at, you know, day two after the, the most recent crash, I don't think he would okay. do it. But I think that if he has progressed and he's gotten better, I think he would push himself to get, to get on track. Okay. I at ninety five percent I think I would agree with you. I think he would think he could still do it. I just don't think he would be competitive. I think no, it would no, lead no, to no. more mistakes and, and I say that, but you know, I also think, man, Mark Marquez at ninety five percent is better than ninety nine point nine percent of the rest of the world. Better um, his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, man. 
Chris couldn't leave Paul alone. <laughs> Just couldn't do it. No, man. I it's mean, been Paul. Couple, it, it's been a couple yeah. weeks. I had to get the jab in. Hey, Paul is sitting over there minding his business, enjoying his Thanksgiving leftovers, just having fun with his family, and Bo comes in swinging. <laughs> I love the holidays it, are the times to air out your grievances. You know that's this. Right. well, right? No, I mean when you get together with family, this is when you should argue. Is when you're having Christmas <laughs> yeah. dinner. This is when the this is when the knives come out. But I think, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I just I I really wonder about Mark. I, I the the other thing that sticks out to me about this year is we saw Fabio win the title. But Bagnaia really, really came into his own in MotoGP. Um, much like, well, Toprak was kind of there all year, but I, I think we saw two new stars emerge, really, in Toprak, Razgat, Leoglu, in uh, World Superbike. And then in in World MotoGP, we, Francesco Bagnaia, I, I mean, I think motorcycle racing, at the highest level anyway, is in a great position. Um, and I think these are marketable stars. I, I just love um, the way that Pecco carries himself. Um, and I, I, I honestly, I've been watching what they've been doing up at the ranch. They just had that race, that 100-kilometer race uh, up at the ranch. And um, I, I just think it's, I just think, man, an Italian rider, an Italian bike, and a world champion, Italy might explode. I mean, I don't even know what they would do, but I sure would like to see it. So I'm rooting for them. And then, of course, the new American in the Moto2 paddock, SDK, with a second year for Cameron Bobier, who really started to come on at the end of the year. And I mean, yeah. these are these are exciting storylines for me. I mean, you, what else you got? Or what else besides what I mentioned are you looking at? No, really, I think that's it. Those are the highlights that I'm paying attention to. I'm looking for a lot of red next year um, to be running at the front, to be completely honest with you, in the MotoGP grid. And um, I'm excited to see what SDK is going to do. And and we've talked about it before. I uh, I really hope that SDK kind of gets punched in the mouth a little bit and has that, that rude awakening. And then I hope that he, he gathers oh, himself worry. back up. And then he yeah. throws it right back at him, you know, and he, and he yeah. not in an arrogant yeah. way, but as a, all right, this is, this is your game. I'm going to learn how to play it. And then well, he, he, he adapts and then he overcomes and he's successful. That's what I, I truly think we hope saw Cameron SDK. do that this year. I think, I think we saw Cameron, he took his lumps and he never got down about it, but you know, Cameron's 28 versus 20, 21. Right. And there's a big maturity difference there in terms of mindset and mental uh, capacity to take that. Um, because Cameron came over on the one twenty fives, got beat a few times and didn't want to go back when he was younger. Um, and I think, so hopefully Cameron can convey some of that wisdom and say, look, this, these boys are no joke. The boys you were racing in Moto America are good. These guys are great. And you're going to have to raise the level of riding skill that you have. Because if if you're gonna keep it where it is, brother, you you're not gonna come now. Having yeah. said all that, if SDK comes out and wins the first five races, USA, USA. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, but yeah, I, I, yeah. But we, I think we both know what is SDK is in for, because these European cats are they're serious about their motorcycle racing, and uh, they're going to be hard. But I think having someone like Cameron who just gone through it the previous year, he'll have a lot of 
wisdom to pass on. And yeah. hopefully SDK is smart enough to listen. Right. Right. Like right. That's, that's a big the big thing. thing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah, but you know, I think, I think that those are my, those are my things. And then lastly, I just want to see Moto America get better. Um, I'd like to see someone closer to Jake Gagne just to make a race of it. Um, as as terrible as those conditions were for racing at Barber that weekend, that was the most interesting races of the year to me because there was just nothing was normal. You know what I mean? Um, and everybody was out there. So hopefully some guys can, can show Jake a wheel. Um, who's going to be Jake's teammate? I don't know. Off the top of my head, I really don't. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about all this then. We'll get some more. Probably some more news will come out. We'll do it. Yeah. But, um, you know, out there in podcast land, it was a great first year for us. We were happy, happy, happy to do this. This was a lot of fun for me. Bo, how about you? It was terrible. Okay. And no, um, anyone good. needing a... that would like to do this podcast with me, I'm taking <laughs> applications. Uh, you'll have to be able to do all the uploading and uh, editing <laughs> because I don't do any. I'm just a talent. But I'll provide at training. the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, while you're going to uh, your holiday travels or whatever you're doing on the roads, please be careful. If you're riding, keep the rubber side down, that shiny side up. And until next time, I'm Captain Novice, a.k.a. Jason, and my man Bo saying good night. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Thanks for joining us.